Hello, and welcome back to Bijou Banter on this very specially released episode on the greatest of holidays, Halloween, or at the very least, according to the protagonist of the second movie we'll talk about today, Huey Halloween. However, before that, we're going to talk about the cl- classic Disney film, Hocus Pocus, with Matthew Ha and Orson Codd. Those of you who don't know what Hocus Pocus is, that's probably fair. It's an old movie at this point. Uh, it's an old Disney movie starring Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Thora Birch, and it's about three witches who come back from the dead to kill a child and steal her youth. Did we like the movie? How do we like it? I'm gonna be straight up. I, you know, I, I wasn't a movie I grew up on, but I always heard, you know, throughout the year because it always falls on like Freeform's 31 Days of Halloween movies, but I just never got around to seeing it. I did not like this movie. I really just did not like it at all. There are a couple things where I'm like, okay, maybe that was like just a chuckle worthy or like it's a good maybe kind of movie to watch with a Halloween feel, but like we'll delve into it more. I just really did not like this movie. It was just, I wouldn't say I hated it, but I was just very disappointed because you know, it's been built up like this cult classic people love, but it was just such a letdown. I'm going to jump in right here. I hated it. I really really did not like it same with Orson I didn't grow up with Hocus Pocus I wasn't even alive when it came out but like it's been getting this huge cult following within the past five years I'd say it's when I really started to take notice like this is like up there with ironically this came out the same year Nightmare Before Christmas came out the same time grew into the huge cult following and Hocus Pocus has done the same so and I was always curious about like okay what is about this movie that's getting this following and I'll be honest, I don't understand it for the life of me. I don't think the movie's funny at all. The story doesn't make any sense. The acting is all ridiculous. It's just, it's not like, it's such a annoying, loud movie that I did not enjoy in the slightest. Oh my. <laughs> uh, I didn't grow up on this movie either, but I didn't think I was gonna be in the minority here. I, I thought it was a fine movie. It felt very much like something I would turn on, like Nickelodeon. It would be like, oh, this is on. I'll watch this. And it, it was fine. It was fine. So wait, Arthur, heard... oh, why sorry. oh, why didn't you like it? Because Matthew gave pretty solid foundation as to why you didn't like it. But I agree with basically everything Matthew said. I think there were maybe like one or two scenes where I kind of chuckled at something just based on the way a character laughed. But okay, the one thing I did like, Sarah Jessica Parker, I mean... She is quite stunning in that movie. But um, yeah, I think my biggest issue was like, you know, it's always on like, I don't, it's a Disney movie, which, you know, Disney's gotten away with a lot in the past. Um, and it always appears on, like I said, those 31 Nights of Halloween or whatever Freeform does. And those are usually kid-friendly movies, but there are some that are more geared toward adults. But I was just always under the perception it was a movie I would have watched between like ages five to 10 and I would have thought it was great. I don't think this movie knew what its target audience was because I'm watching this and I'm like okay I can see where like this is a Disney kids movie but then there are like really dark themes in it there's like they talk about I mean you know witches you can either have like really dark witchcraft or really light witchcraft and it seemed to do both because they talk about like hanging the witches and like burning them and like this is weird there were a lot of sexual innuendos and like tension yeah like You know, like I said, Disney's gotten away with a lot when they can like make jokes about things, especially what they were doing with their, you know, 1990s and early 2000s movies. But this got away with a lot that I've seen in the Disney movie. Like they kept making jokes about the kid being a virgin. And like they were just, it was really weird. There was like the weird tension between the guy and the girl and if they liked each other. And it was just like so like, first of all, it was bad acting and it was like bad chemistry, but it was just like uncomfortable in a way to watch because it's like, oh, this is a movie I feel like I would have watched with my parents or like it was something I would show my kids in the future. But like, I don't know. I think that would just really like, you know, tarnished the way I was like enjoying the movie. I, I have to agree because like they do make, but basically the, the, the whole purpose of why the witches are coming back is that in, what was it? The 1600s, they are executed. And then they say they need a virgin to light, what was it, that candle in order to be brought back, back to life, which- the main character, Max, who is a terrible main character, by the way, I hate this kid so much. Like he actually, he likes the candle because he's, he's a bit of a, an a-hole. He's like, oh, let's have some fun. And then he's a virgin. And so the witches come back to life. And I was like, oh yeah, the, the virgin lit the candle and we're free. It's just like, 
if I, I think if Disney's name wasn't on it, I wouldn't be making like as big of a deal about it. But the fact that the movie starts with, you know, the Disney castle and everything, and then you hear Virgin and like, there's some mild cursing, which is there, there's, there's that in Disney films, but it's like, it's not what I expected coming from a movie where about it's about three witches coming back to life and basically running amok around Salem in the 1990s. So we so also weird. can't forget that they worship Satan in it. I thought that was oh, yeah. so weird. That's right. And like the dude was like, they did it was implied, but he was like cheating on his wife with like the weird, like seductive dancing. And then you've got like the mom dressed up as Lady Gaga and she's got or not Lady Gaga, Madonna or whatever. Madonna. She's got oh, like oh the, my god, the the bus driver scene. Do you remember oh, that? That was weird. That, that was, was so that made weird. me really uncomfortable. It was like, oh man. I was I was kind of like cringing a bit, like this isn't a yeah. Disney movie. Like really, and like I like it when Disney gets a little bit edgy, but that's just like straight up uncomfortable. Like if I show this to my like my seven year old or something, I wouldn't want him or her to see that. Man. I don't know though. I feel like this wasn't made for seven year olds. I think it was more like like a thirteen year old type so? audience where they find the little kid saying he really likes your yabos really funny. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I don't think this was line. made for an older. I. I, that line kind of made me cringe, but I, I just want to say I didn't laugh a single time during this movie. I did I not smile. I agree with Calvin. I think it was in a way made for an older audience because I was talking to my mom about it because I came home after I watched the movie like yesterday morning or something. And so she was like, it was one, because she was obviously alive when I came out, so she knew about it. But she was like, oh, it was one of those movies that seemed, from her perception, geared towards like the MTV crowd, which was like, you know, young adults, like, pre-teens early teens at that time so I have to agree with Calvin there but like maybe it's just because you know now that like Matthew said it has this cult following I always kind of assumed it was like a kid's movie and especially with that Disney brand like I agree with you 100% if it didn't have that Disney brand I don't think I would be like nitpicking so much at all these like weird things that they got away with I think another issue too is that to me the movie I will say the movie starts relatively well. Like I like that opening scene when they're in Salem, but then as soon as it cuts to the 1990s, it feels like a Disney Channel movie and like a really, really bad one too. And then as soon as they dump in like all the sexual innuendos and like these really dark themes, it takes a hard turn and it's so jarring. So that's why I thought I was like, okay, this seems like a kid's film from the start. Cause it just, it's like, it's a typical nineties, you know, kid moves into a new town, hates it doesn't want to get you know into the Halloween spirit and all that but it's just like then we get to the witches which you'd think the movie would be a bit lighter which in a way it is but it's also a lot darker so it the movie can't pick a tone like it doesn't know if it wants to be funny it doesn't know if it wants to be dark it doesn't know if it wants to be edgy it's just it's confused I think overall the tone is like it's trying to be funny I do agree that sometimes it's a little hard to be funny with some of the stuff because they're like and we're going to kill all the children in Salem and it's like that's a little grotesque but okay and I will say that sometimes innuendo sort of made me uncomfortable like as you were saying the bus driver scene the first time when he's just like it might take me a few times to get you kids but we'll get there I was like okay that's funny but then when Sarah Jessica Parker is riding on his lap yeah clear she's not comfortable and he's not having a good time that that really messed with me there was like a joke too afterwards like I was like did they just like imply what I thought they implied and I had to rewind and it's like he's like asked her for her number or something and like she's obviously you know very oblivious but she says something along the lines of like you wouldn't call me back and like he just gets so offended and I'm like that's like weird like don't make those jokes like you know, I think if like, okay, the Yabos one, I didn't even know what that meant. I had to look it up because I was like, I, I assumed, did but I was like, yeah, is that what they meant? Like, okay, maybe if they had like a couple of those or like, just like, there's always awkward chemistry in these kind of movies between the guy and the girl character that, you know, like each other, but like, they're not going to say it, but it's pretty obvious. But like, there were just like all these weird things that just made it so like jarring. And it's like, man, you know, it's just weird. It's not really weird, but it's like, it's not funny. It's not funny yeah. at all. Like, to, to me, a lot of the comedy, especially with the witches, just relies on them. It's sort of like that fish out of water scenario, which I'm not a big fan of in movies. I think it's really lazy and repetitive. But it's like, oh, yeah, these witches from 300 years ago are trying to get around modern times. And it's like, oh, look at this. There's cars and all that. It's like, it's so annoying and repetitive. And like, whenever they scream, it's just, it's so loud and irritating. It's, it feels like noise half the time. Like, there's some scenes where I can't even hear what they're saying because they're screaming half the time. Yeah. I do think sometimes the fish out of water stuff works because I think a part of that is just the goal of the movie. And if you don't like that, then 
then I mean, there's nothing to be done. But when she's like flying on the vacuum cleaner and then later okay, that was at the cord. I actually kind of chuckle at that. But I okay, uh, the fish out of water thing. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen the movie. I thought what the original plot was was it was like these witches like somehow get trapped and then like they're brought back three hundred years later and they're like trying to adjust to like the modern day. I didn't know they were like the villains of the movie. I thought they were just like you know trying to just figure out how the world went. So like if the fish, if that was the plot, like what I originally thought it was, I think I could have given a pass to the fish out of water. But like they just like another issue too was like the witches like while they were like oblivious to the real world towards the third act they started like making references to things and i'm like yeah they started like when the kid's driving and they're like they're pretending they're the cop and they're flying on the broom or whatever they're like making references and i'm like how would you know that about like the driving safety law like that's like that yeah. doesn't make sense like i don't know those things were like weird and i'm like that's where the fish out of water scenario i don't think worked for this movie Yeah, that that was an especially weird line. Admittedly, it was a fun scene when they're flying alongside the car, but it was it was strange, especially because they didn't know what a tail light was like five minutes earlier. Yeah, I I do think that the Satan scene might have been the best fish out of water scene, just because it was it was a little strange, but it was so funny and weird, and it was so like I don't know, I like that scene. But it it was it was creepy. I did want to talk about why this movie has such a cult following because like I thought it was a fun movie but it, I don't quite get why everybody worships it if that makes I, sense. I, I, I agree because like I was when I finished watching I'm just like okay what is the appeal of Hocus Pocus and I, I was like looking up stuff too from what I could find it's probably just nostalgia like and the only way I I I'm sure there's people out there that genuinely enjoy it, but for me, it seems more of a guilty pleasure, if anything. Like, people acknowledge its flaws, but they just have fun with it. And there's plenty of movies that, like Good Burger, for example, is a movie that is, on paper, so stupid and doesn't make any sense, but I love it. I think it's hilarious. So, like, I totally understand the idea of guilty pleasure, but to me, this is not one of those because it's, like, the story, like, it's just, as a movie itself, it's, like I said, it's confused and it doesn't know what it's trying to be. But even, like, as a cult movie i think there's some cult movies there like for example going back to, I'm, I'm all over the place but there's another disney movie from the 90s called a goofy movie which uh, have you two seen by chance that's that's another movie that kind of got like mixed reception but in the coming years has developed a cult following and yeah it's dated it's such a product of the 90s but the story at its core is really sweet it's like a father-son road trip movie and like yeah it's meant for kids like that's actually that's definitely a kid's movie but like, it's sort of timeless in a way. This to me is not a very timeless movie, especially with not only its references, but also sort of the tone of everything, the dialogue, even like some of the, the humor performances. It's like, it's such a product of its time. So maybe that's why it's gotten a cult find. People wanted like a trip back to the, to the 90s. But as someone that didn't grow up in the 90s, I can't really say much about that. Yeah, I agree with Matthew. I didn't see the like appeal. I, I think it's probably nostalgia, but it's weird too, because like I consider this like a teen movie. So it's weird with like the dialogue when you have all like these John Hughes movies where like they could have used that as a template and put like a kid, like a relatively light heart horror vibe to it. It's weird that it didn't work because like they had, you know, the the background to do it. But yeah, I just don't see like what the appeal is. I just think it's nostalgia too, because, you know, I think another movie that like, I didn't grow up with this like I keep saying but you know we have those movies from our childhood where like you love them as you're a kid and as you get older you watch them and you're like oh it's not actually that good but you still like it and for me that was always like Halloween Town like I haven't seen it in years but I just kind of remember being like eh, you know okay it's pretty cheesy but like I still like it so I feel like it just had to be like the kids that grew up with it now and they're showing their kids that are like liking it and that's getting the following because they you don't have that as the memory but yeah, I just don't see the appeal to this one. It's just, it's like Matthew said, it's dated for when it came out. It's like the, the references didn't make sense. The, the CGI is like relatively cheesy. And it just, I think someone said it, it just felt like a Disney Channel movie. You didn't like the effects? I thought the effects were like- I, I, the effects were, I thought the effects were fine. That was I like one of the things I enjoyed. Like the, the, you know, the book with the eye opening, I thought that was pretty cool. But like kind of when they're like flying around and like doing all the stuff, I was like, I mean, maybe it's just because, you know, the market now is oversaturated with all these Disney, Star Wars and Avengers movies that like my eyes are tainted. But I was just kind of like, eh, 
I liked the flying scenes actually. I thought they were they were pretty well done considering they were practical. Didn't look. I mean, it was obviously fake, but it didn't look like too fake to me. I actually thought they looked really real. I thought they did incredible, given that it was the '90s and they didn't have amazing CGI yet. And I think the like prosthetic makeup with like the witches was fantastic. Yeah, the makeup was good. I think the look. I think the movie looks really nice too. Like it looks like it looks like Halloween. Like you could you could like you know how like autumn like the the autumn season has that sort of like smell in the air of like pumpkin stuff. Like you could kind of smell that in this movie. It's, it's kind of weird, but like you you feel like it's it's fall. You really do, don't you? I man, that they really did do a good job of that. And it's yeah. not just like pumpkins are everywhere. It, like feels cold when you look at it. Yeah. I really like the look of this movie. They were good. Also, fun fact: uh, noted creature actor Doug Jones plays the uh, the yep. zombie in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed him in the credits. I'm like, oh, he's probably he's probably the zombie. I thought the whole plot twist with the zombie at the end was kind of silly because like they didn't really like set it up throughout the movie. Which you know, okay, maybe I got to be a little bit more lenient because you know it's a Disney movie from the '90s. But like they've got like the zombie character chasing the kids throughout it, and then like the towards the third act, the kid's pointing the knife, and like the zombie puts him in like a chokehold, and then he cuts his mouth on. He's like, I mean, he doesn't say this verbatim, but he's like, I'm on your side actually, and I'm like okay why weren't you like trying to communicate that 80 minutes earlier when you were in it or whatever it was i thought that was a little silly yeah there are a couple of big plot holes i think the biggest plot hole for me was why they didn't just bury the book in the graveyard where the witches that's couldn't was, get to it yeah that's what i was thinking like they don't hide the book or anything they're always holding on to it and also the cat character binks is like yo don't open the book and they open the book and it's like how easy would it have been just to say, if you open the book, the witches will know where you are? Yeah. I don't know. That that could have been easily fixed by five seconds of dialogue. Or even just him being like, maybe wait until tomorrow morning to open the book when the witches will be dead. Yeah, you could talk. Why doesn't you just communicate that? Those effects, I will say, were not very good. The cat talk. Oh, the cat effects? Yeah, they didn't look that great. What did you guys think of the, uh, this was the one scene. I don't like it really when movies do this one, like it's not, you know, earned. I watched a movie recently that did it and I was like, don't do that. When the characters just break out into song and dance. I was, I, I thought was a little weird. I loved that. I thought that I, was. I kind of, I kind of liked it. It like oh, wasn't terrible. Did. And like, it was like enjoyable for what it was. I thought the song was like engaging the way, like, what was it? I put a spell on you, how they kind of did their own version of that. But it just felt kind of weird because like kind of what I said a couple of minutes ago, they like knew the song, but yet that's like kind of a recent song. So I don't know. I thought that was a little strange. That I, oh, No, you go, you go first. I, I have something uh, off topic. That I feel was the moment where I actually thought like, okay, maybe I understand why this has a cult following because I was like, okay, it was like a fun movie, but now it's leaning into sort of its zaniness and weirdness and this is a blast. And then they stop doing that very quickly and then they burn the witches alive in an extremely awful scene yeah and they burn what was it like like a pottery kiln or yeah. something and you have like the green smoke coming out of the, the chimney oh uh, that, that that looked bad that that was one of the really bad effects i i do think one of one of my biggest problems with this movie is that all the performances are either super over the top or super terrible yeah. like that was one thing i really noticed like because i don't think any of the witches are funny at all like they even though it seems like it's like i i could tell they're having fun but they're given nothing to work with the dialogue that they're given is just total crap and like the kid actors too like i mentioned before like max he's not a very likable character but his like every time he spoke like like my soul was like hurting honestly like he sounded is so over the top and thora birch who i think was like probably 10 when she filmed this like she was awful too and i feel bad because i think she's a good actress but like she's just the stereotypical like like really bad 90s kid actor and her girlfriend and, and his girlfriend too uh what's her name uh allison like she, she's a really boring character as well like they're all so like bland like, I don't remember anything about them. I think the scene that really made me cringe, which was early on in the movie, and I was like, oh, gosh, it's going to be one of these kind of movies, was uh, 
when like they're going trick-or-treating and then they run into the bullies and the bullies take their candy <laughs> and then he like screams yeah. at his sister like i hate it here i hate you like he just says something so cheesy and then like the girl goes and like she goes and cries and she like lays down on some halloween decorations and he's like hey i'm sorry and i'm like oh. <laughs> it was just, they made up in like one minute yeah i get that's like you know that's a thing that they would do in like these you know cheesy kind of I wouldn't say straight to DVD, but they would do in those kind of movies. But like, still, just even seeing it just like makes me cringe. And like, I can't give it a pass because like, it could be funny, but it's just it's not. Yeah, I, I think it was also bad too because like, like I said, the first scene in say in like early Salem is not a bad scene, but then as soon as we get to the '90s, the movie starts going downhill so yeah. fast. And like that part, like what they mentioned, like when he's like. Oh, you take your your sister trick or treating Hollywood? It's just like, oh man, this is this is awful, so bad. And I was hoping it maybe it would have gotten a bit better after that. Cause I'm like, okay, that was pretty low, but it really didn't. It just kind of kept going, going, and going. I don't think the witches were like the worst. I kind of agree. Like they just, it was two di- very different tones for the groups you had. You had kind of like the whiny teens, but then you had these witches that are like over the top, and like they want to make you think these witches are the villains, but like. You never really feel like they are. Like when they show up and they're kind of like yeah. you know, agonizing, you're like, oh man, who's going to win? But you never really feel like they're like terrible characters because like they, they, it seems like even though they're the bad people per se, they have like sort of a sweet nature to them, especially um the latter two, which is Sarah Jessica Parker and who's the other one? I'm blanking. Uh, Kathy, I think is your yeah. name. Yeah, they like, you know, because they're the stupid sisters, they kind of got like that silliness to them. But like, I, I don't know, there's just, I kind of agree they didn't really have a lot to work with. Yeah, it's like, they're, I, I, I agree with the use of the, I, don't, I can't tell if they're supposed to be threatening or funny or lighthearted. They're just kind of there in a way. Like, I don't want to call them like props or anything because they, there, there is, there is a hint of character in, in these, in these two, in these three witches, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, they just feel like they're just being there to be, like, different. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. I think I think there was plenty of character in them, but I feel like it was sort of undercut by the rest of the 90s being mediocre. Like, I feel like if the rest of the 90s could have been played totally straight and been okay, then the over-the-top witches would have been, it would have felt more over-the-top and it would have felt more, like, unique to them. But because... Like when Jessica is talking to him in the exploded house and she's like, I figured it out. The witches will disappear in the morning when the black candle flame is gone. It's like, okay, this is the reason why the witches don't feel strange is because everything feels strange. I agree with that. Yeah, if like everything was just kind of a little more normal, but the witches still had, if the witches were the same, but everything was the normal, then I wouldn't hate on them as much. Yeah, I... I do have one question, even though Manny's not here, I'm sure you would ask this, given that overall uh, you two are pretty hot-headed about not liking this movie and I'm lukewarm. If you could change like one thing about it, what do you think would fix the most problems? I think have a more interesting story first. Because I think the story, the, the story is one of the biggest problems too, because it it literally does not make any sense at all. Like it's so like disjointed and there's like, there's so many plot holes. I think if it had a consistent story and a consistent tone, then maybe it would have saved it. Even if, if like those characters, like especially the the human characters, even if they stayed the same kind of, you know, corny nineties teens, I still think maybe if it had a good story, it probably would have saved it. Like, and also maybe made the witches have actual funny things to say, have, have like good dialogue or banter with each other so it's like simple things can fix this movie i don't think it's like it's not it's not like flawed from the start because i think the concept can be funny and can be intriguing but they just didn't have the it's like they had the basic recipe but they didn't really know how to cook the recipe if that makes sense i think i have to agree i think the thing for me the story like is fine i can like 
I can give them a pass on that because you just have like those corny Halloween movies that can be like guilty pleasures and when it's like, eh, the plot doesn't really make that much sense. But it's fun because, you know, you watch it during the autumn season. But I think for me, it was the tone. I think this, the tone was all over the place because it's like, oh, one minute we're trying to be sentimental. The other we're trying to be silly, but we're trying to be a little dark here. And like, it doesn't really know what it is. So like, it didn't really seem like it could commit to like, is this a kid's movie? Like, you know, I could show my kids in the next 10 to 15 years, whenever I have them. Or like, you know, is this like a movie that's like meant for like, you know, an older generation that, you know, are like preteens, teens, kind of that. I just, I think that was just all over the place. That's fair. That's fair. I think the one thing that I would fix is probably the acting of the children. I thought if that's fixed, then a lot of other things get fixed with it. I think another reason too, like, I, I was kind of comparing this to Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out the same year, same company, same sort of like Halloween theme. And I was wondering, and like, I was trying to compare, like, why did why did both of these get cult followings? And Nightmare Before Christmas, I could clearly pinpoint, it's not only a great film to watch during the Halloween season because there's a lot of spooky characters and atmosphere, but at its core, it's a good story. There's a, there's interesting characters. There's actually, there's like, and yeah, there could be plot holes here and there, but at its core, it's it has a really good story, really interesting characters, really good music. It's like all of those pieces fall on top of the Halloween, uh, you know, visuals and atmosphere. Hocus Pocus doesn't have, it has the visuals and it has the Halloween spirit. I'll give it that. It doesn't have everything else. And I think that's that's probably the best way I could describe it from my, from my point of view. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, there's a reboot coming out sometime soon. Really? Supposedly. Well, just announced it last week. Huh. Yeah. Uh, what What do we think about that? <laughs> Is it a reboot or a sequel? I think it's a sequel. I think it's just called like Hocus Pocus 2 right now. So I don't know how it's going to be a sequel, but the book opens its eyes at the end. So I think it's probably a sequel. They'll probably invade like modern day. It'll probably be the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sequel to the 1993 comedy Hocus Pocus. I think it sequel could work if it's modern day. Maybe it'll make me like it a little bit more because I didn't grow up in the 90s. Maybe people, like I said, who grew up in the 90s was like, oh, this really represents us. I don't know. But I think it could work because maybe they could get away with a little bit more, but actually make it feel right, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Especially if maybe they, I assume I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume it's probably going to be straight to Disney Plus. I could be wrong, but that's just kind of probably. my guess right now. But I don't know. I think it could possibly work, but it could possibly not. It just depends on uh, the creative team behind it, like who directs, who writes. And if like the child actors are coming back, obviously, you know, they're probably more seasoned now, but still, you know, it just depends. If they can manage to make it kind of subversive and like kind of play fun at the cliches and tropes of the original, kind of like, in a way, I could. The only way I could see a sequel work is if they kind of do it like Lego Movie, where they put they sort of parody these tropes while also being a movie with the tropes. And to me, I, I really like when movies do that. They have to do it like properly. It could work with Hocus Pocus, but at the same time, I could also see Disney being like, "Oh, Hocus Pocus is, has a cult following. We could just do the same thing, but just put it in 2020." And there you go. It could go either way. I I don't really know. Maybe if it ever does happen, I'll give it a watch, but. I'm not like I, I'm not going to be like following the developmental process of this film. So, or if it's a series or whatever. Also, Orson, right now the guy set to direct is the guy who directed the new Hairspray, Rock of Ages, and Cheaper by the Dozen too, along with Adam Sandler's Bedtime Stories. Well, it sounds okay, like it's probably going to lean towards the latter. Sounds like it's going to be a great successful movie. I don't know. I'm sorry, that's rude. I know he's a a, a loyal <laughs> listener, but you know, they just. They gotta, I, uh, why movies choose to do this where like the director doesn't have the greatest track record, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, it could work. They just gotta, I think, folk, I, uh, figure out a tone and just do a more clear, concise story. Yeah, all right. Final oh. thoughts on Hocus Pocus? I'll probably never see it again unless, you know, in the next 15 years or so, my kids are like, let's watch this for Halloween. <laughs> Other than that, I, er, I'll see the sequel if it comes out just to say I saw it, see what they do. But kind of like Matthew said, I'm not, you know, anticipating it really that much. I just, I don't think this is like a great movie. I think kind of Nightmare Before, since it came out around the same time as like those Disney's 90s Halloween movies, 
this is probably the lowest one that I've seen. And like, I don't know. I just think it's really weird that it's got this huge following, but I'm glad there are people that like it because there are obviously movies like this and it's a good spooky season movie, but yeah, just not for me. I, I agree. Uh, if people love it, it's perfect. More power to you. I found this movie pretty insufferable. I don't, didn't like the story, didn't like the characters, didn't like any of the comedy. Uh, the only thing I really liked is that, kind of like what Orson said, it has sort of that spooky season spirit and atmosphere. But other than that, I never want to watch it again, unless maybe 20 years from now, if the sequel ever comes out, I'll probably give it another watch. But as I stand, did not like it at all. Two out of 10. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to give it a B, B minus. I thought it was fine. I might watch it again if I'm bored and tired and like awake at 3 a.m. on Halloween someday. But like, it was fine. If I'd seen it on Disney Channel, I think I would have really liked it. But it's an above average Disney Channel movie. It's fine. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for our discussion on Hocus Pocus. And now on to the real star of today's show. Hubie Halloween, the newest Adam Sandler movie, uh, starring Adam Sandler, of all people, uh, with Ray Liotta, Steve Buscemi, Maya Rudolph, Tim Meadows, Noah Schnapp, Shaquille O'Neal, Ben Stiller, just a whole bunch of people. And it's about uh, Adam Sandler, one of his zany characters, trying to protect people on Halloween. How do we like it? I kind of liked it. It's not great. It's really not that great. But, you know, we had been making jokes about it, uh, I think, off, you know, air. That, like, oh, you know, he said if Uncut Gems, he gets snubbed, he's going to make the worst movie. And, like, we were kind of joking, this is going to be it. I didn't think it was that bad. It's not great. It's definitely, you know, very over the top and silly. But for, like, you know, Adam Sandler's track record with, like, those comedies of, like, late 2000s, you know, 2010, whatever, I thought this was the best. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know if I'll ever see it again, but kind of like Hocus Pocus, I think it's got a good Halloween feel and I think it's far more funny than Hocus Pocus, but yeah, I kind of liked it. And obviously I have some issues with it, but yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I have very, you know, scratch that. I have the exact same feeling about this movie as it did with Hocus Pocus. It's, I did not like it at all. I thought it was absolute, absolute hot garbage uh there was like no plot whatsoever adam sandler i didn't understand a single thing he was saying and and like okay if if adam sandler wants to keep making these types of movies that's fine he's a he's like a billionaire right now he can make whatever he wants but my god this formula and these characters that he's playing and these like you know really stupid jokes is getting very old it's the same adam sandler formula that we've been seeing for 20 years and i'm just getting really tired of it and especially coming off of Uncut Gems to this right after as Anselm's next film is so depressing on like every single level. I'm not sure it's fair to call Uncut Gems an Adam Sandler film. That's, well, that's well, with the film, with film Adam that Sandler has Adam Sandler in it. With the film with Adam Sandler in it. So <laughs> like, even though he didn't have much to do with the writing of Uncut Gems, he was still in it. And like just going from a dramatic role to like something as stupid as this is just really disheartening. Fair enough. I uh, I thought it was mediocre. It's one of the better Adam Sandler movies I've ever seen, but it was fun. I got a few laughs out of it. You know what I mean? I thought the thermos was kind of stupid, though. That was weird. I thought, like, the first couple times, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, but then he started doing, like, more of these ridiculous things with it, like, there's, like, a grappling hook at one yeah, point. Like I was like, okay, that's a little, like, you've done the joke, like, 15 times now, you know, I don't know. It was a little weird. I hated that thermos. I really hated that thermos. I, I was hoping he would like lose it or like blow up or something. I thought it was funny when like, I think it's Maya Rudolph is like, does that thermos ever leave your side? And he like throws it and it's like attached to something and it just comes back. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I like that bit. Like the first couple of times he uses it, it was funny. But then I think exactly when the grappling hook came out, I was like, come on, this is stupid but it's basically his bat like his batman utility belt but like at a certain point it's just like just like with that i felt like it was dumb because i was expecting him to like throw it and then grapple with like the yo-yo mechanism that he has in it but no it's just like hey grappling hook got lazy after a while 
think that's the best way to describe this movie for me. It's like it, it feels so lazy. Like even on a technical level, like it it looks really really cheap, and like not 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 just aside from like the really bad jokes and like the the nonsensical plot. It just everything about it feels like so like factory made. It's like a factory made movie. I don't disagree with that. I think yeah, the first half of the movie I really liked. I was like, okay, I'm really into this. And then like when the second act started to come around, I was like, how much longer is there left? Like, also like I don't know if anybody else felt this. The movie's an hour forty five. First of all, it's fifteen minutes of credits. Those were long credits. What? So, yeah. 15 it, minutes? Yes, but a lot of the credits are like bloopers and things. Like it's not yeah. just games. Oh. So the movie's technically an hour and a half. When they got to like the one hour mark, I was really feeling, I was like, how much longer does this movie have? Like, and it's still said 30 minutes. And I was like, we feel like we're getting into the third act now, but we weren't even in the third act yet. And I was like, oh. Yeah, the, the movie is paced and structured really awkwardly. Again, at least Hocus Pocus, like, didn't feel that long like it was it, it was kind of brisk like yeah there were parts that i thought this one was like a slog to get through man like i, I think the problem is, is like when it starts there's like no story there's no like conflict really it's just adam sandler he plays this dude hubie who like he, he's sort of like a, mo- a halloween modder and like everyone in the town kind of hates him and thinks he's really annoying and then there's like I, I don't even know what I don't even know what the plot is. What's the plot of this movie? There's like a thousand different things that are almost the plot and then they're not. Like <laughs> that's an issue. It's like some of the characters and like the plot points lead to literally nothing. <laughs> nothing. Literally they try to set it up because it's kind of a mystery movie in a way, like, oh, what's going on? And like I guess we can spoil on here. That's what we usually do. They try to set up like Steve Buscemi's character as like, whoa, what's his deal? And then like, they've got this guy who's like escaped from a mental institution who I thought, I swear, I thought he was going to be um, David Spade at first. And I think they tried to trick you into thinking it was David Spade because of the hair, but it was Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. That literally led to nothing. It, it's like a mystery without the mystery. I will say, though, even though the Steve Buscemi bits didn't lead to anything, I think that was my favorite moment in the film where they're like, it's the werewolf guy and the guy who escaped from the insane asylum. And Keenan Thompson calls him up and he's like, no, they've been in custody for like 45 minutes. They're both like crazy people. I thought that was good, but it did. It did feel like there was no. I don't know. It did take away from the murder mystery plot a little bit. But other than that, I liked it. I thought it was funny. I think another issue I had too was like, like I said, the movie's not really a long movie, but they've got so many times in the movie where I kind of call it like the family guy joke where like they use like the flashback where they're like, remember this one time? And then like they like flashback, but they're like doing the same scenario over and over again where like Adam Sandler's sneaking into Kevin James' office, but he's like dressed up as like different people. That kind of like situation happened like four or five times in this movie where like they reference back to something and it's like a scenario of like you know it happening over and over again and it just got kind of repetitive after a while like the first two times I was like oh that's kind of funny but then after a while I was just like we could be saving time and like cheap jokes yeah I, I speaking of jokes like it the jokes in this movie are terrible they are so lazy and just not funny like at all like to be every single joke is like a cringe moment. It's like, I didn't find any of it funny or like entertaining in any way. It was just, I was like cringing throughout the entire movie. You didn't like find every... the nun joke funny? The nun... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you, that was the one time, the one time I laughed was at that nun joke just because it was so out of nowhere. But other than that, <laughs> no, didn't laugh at all. Wait, I will, which I'll nun joke? It... The dumping the crosswords or the I'm asexual, but that woman makes yeah. money? Yeah. That yeah. one was pretty funny, I thought. I had to, I rewound it like two times because I was like, that was so out of nowhere. And like, just the way she says it and his reaction, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, like the jokes, like I laughed a couple times, but like as the movie went on, it kind of just became like the Adam Sandler kind of shtick where it's like, he's like kind of looking down the camera and like winking at you like, oh, you know, it's one of my jokes. It's not good, but you know, it's funny in a way. 
there was one joke that I thought was uh, was really funny, and they kept doing it over and over, and I was really glad about that. And that's whenever like Hubie's riding down the street, like things will get thrown at him, and it just gets increasingly more and more dangerous. Like at one point, someone chucks an axe at his head, and someone throws a whole computer near him, and that I was I was cracking up pretty good by the end of that. Uh, I, like there's some there's some like really stupid stuff in this movie that I would find funny in other movies but I don't know what it is it's just like and it's not because of Adam Sandler because like I don't hate Adam Sandler as like a person or anything and he's done some fine movies like even movies that like these some of these stupid comedies that he's done like I love Happy Gilmore like that's a funny movie but it's like something about this one it's just it's straight up not funny and I can't describe it it's just annoying Calvin, you kind of cut out there a couple seconds ago. Did you finish your thought? Oh, no, I, uh, it cut out. And then I said, oh, God, you guys are frozen. Oh, God. And then it cut back in. So we're all good. I'm curious. I didn't like the ending. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but I thought like the last 15 minutes didn't really make sense at all because they like <laughs> Squib was like the bad guy, but like I couldn't tell if like she was just like a mom. I mean, her shirts too weren't really that funny, but they like tried to set up like I didn't couldn't tell if she was like just a mom or like some supernatural entity. But then like you go outside into the backyard and you've got, you know, Tim Meadows and Maya Rudolph. I think someone else, I don't remember who, and like the kid from Jesse all tied up. And like it just to me, I wrote this in my letterbox review turned into like a 15 minute PSA on anti-bullying and being nice to everybody that I would have seen in like middle school. Not that that's a bad message, you know, you watch Adam Sandler, he, he's like the town idiot throughout the movie and nobody really seems to respect him. But like, it was just like so on the nose and like the dialogue where like, you know, Tim Meadows has got like the bad wig and like the bad hairline and the bad comb over and he's really bald. And so then he's like, man, it was wrong of me to make fun of Hubie because I love his hair and I have terrible hair. And I was like, that's you know so cheesy so self-indulgent too like and obviously adam sandler wrote wrote the movie too so it's like like oh i'm portraying myself as such a nice guy it's like yeah we know like i think it's i think it's almost universally known that adam sandler as a person is like supposedly one of the nicest people in hollywood which is which is great but like why does he have to shoehorn that into into the movie like it's it first of all it's out of nowhere and second of all it's just like if, if since it's coming from him it's it's he's like he's kind of like tooting his own horn in a way it's so frustrating i don't think it came out of nowhere i think they built up to the message of the movie but i do feel like it spent way too long on it and went in depth into why every character hated him i think another issue that i had with it too was like the movie's like obviously very over the top and silly and yeah they're building up to it throughout the whole movie but then the last 15 minutes is like it's actually trying to get a point across and i felt like that tone just contradicted like the previous hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was we had been watching i was like uh, i don't know you can still have that message but you didn't have to be like so sentimental because like you're you've been way goofy and over the top for the rest of the movie yeah yeah I, I think i agree with that i i think this movie could have worked if there had been less Adam Sandler in it, and also maybe if he didn't make Hubie just extremely annoying. I had to have like subtitles on. I couldn't hear what he was saying. Like that was I couldn't understand of... what he's saying. He's speaking like gibberish. Because like Adam Sandler's obviously, you know, he's not unknown to have like weird character voices, but this one I just thought was on a whole other level. Like they, I mean, you don't really have to explain why he has the voice, but at the same time, like. I don't know. I feel like if they would have explained, or maybe it just not, it wouldn't have been as intense. Then it would have. I could have given it a pass. But yeah, it was just kind of weird. And it made everyone's confessions about why they didn't like him seem really weird because I think it's pretty clear why people don't like him. They don't like his voice, and he's constantly telling people what to do. Like, <laughs> you don't need to be jealous of his full head of hair. You yeah. Can just be graded by his presence the the love angle was just it was always unbelievable in true adam sandler fashion you never buy it I thought, I, I thought it was kind of funny though that the diner girl was like so like helplessly in love with yubi i thought that was pretty good and subverted what i was expecting to come from 
the like him falling over the car on the bike because he looked at her when she was like, man, I just really want to be with Hubie. I was like, oh, okay, this is different and fun. It's different, but I'm, I'd have to, I don't, I don't know if I'd say it's fun, <laughs> but it, it's like, it's still the same formula though. Like, yeah, yeah, Adam Sandler's kind of changing it up a bit, but it's still the same. It's the same movie that we've seen. It's it's like the same thing as Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison or Waterboy. It's 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 tiresome. It's just it's 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 almost like, it's like a routine that he's doing. Was there any point in having Shaq cameo in the movie? Like I haven't seen a lot of those Adam Sandler comedies from like the 1990s or like early early 2000s, but like I didn't get the Shaq cameo. Like was I don't know that felt weird to me. Shaq was in I think Grown Ups. I think oh, he's, he's been he's been in a few Adam Sandler movies but as like a cameo he's not he's never like a the main dude which kind of makes but, sense because I guess yeah he did have a cameo in this but like I didn't understand it because I mean I haven't seen Grown Ups in years but yeah I was like why is Shaq in this movie like all the other people you can be like okay that's like that runs in his crowd or that's like you know the SNL crew but like Shaq I just okay maybe that yeah it gives him more context now but yeah I thought that was weird kind of now I know I think the reason that Shaq was in the movie was Shaq was one of the best parts of this movie. Whenever he was on screen, except for like the eating bit they did where like he's shoving food into his face that I wasn't a big fan of, but him like talking in this really like soothing woman's voice over the radio and then Hubie barges in and it's just Shaq sitting at the radio counter. That was really funny. I laughed pretty hard when that happened. Him and Keenan Thompson, I think, were my favorite parts of this movie. They were really fun. I loved Keenan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. he's good. I'm trying to think why. I'm trying to think why I liked about this movie. I really am because I, because I, I really, I didn't really. I don't like some of the characters are just like not the most likable, but it's for a reason. Obviously, like Ray, Ray Liotta is just playing a giant bee bag, but there's like it's part of his character and like Adam Sandler is like just sort of like the annoying like outcast but everyone else is just like is really boring like and uninteresting like I don't, I don't think Julie Bowen's character is interesting at all the kid at all the I don't think kid actors are like awful but it's not like Hocus Pocus but my god they have no character they are like one note and like all the side characters are really forgettable too it's just like all these actors who are funny in other movies are given nothing to work with at all. I thought Noah Schnapp did all right. He did all right, but he was, he was just a, you know, sort of like the, not, not lonely, but kind of like, I, I guess, yeah, in, in a way, like sort of like the lonely high school kid. Yeah. I didn't realize this person was in the movie until the credits. Michael Chiklis was in the movie. I didn't realize that, like, until it said Michael Chiklis. He played, like, the priest or something. I was like, oh, oh. I mean, I didn't realize it was him, but I think he did fine. I couldn't quite place where I knew him from for most of the movie. And then, like, when he was hanging upside down for some reason, I was like, the thing from the Fantastic Four! (laughs) I'll never know why that did it for me, but that did it for me. Also, the ending was shockingly dark for a moment when they were about to get burned alive. Yeah, it was like it was like Wicker Man. <laughs> also, I hate to be that guy, but technically, they didn't burn witches in Salem; they hung them. Which burnings were only in Europe? Thank you very much. But yeah, that's that's my one cinema sins ding against Hubie <laughs> Halloween. Oh, the one thing at the very, the two things at the very end that made me go, oh, why did you do that? Like, one of them I get, the other one I didn't. That Hubie becomes mayor of the town. I thought that was a little, like, okay, everyone just one day was like, you know what? We don't like this guy. Let's make him <laughs> the mayor. But then the like, other a year, a year later, a year later, they totally, like, re- rethought everything. Just like, yeah, we want him. Let's get Hubie in, in office. Like, what is this movie? The other thing, though, where I was like, that was a big cringe moment was at the very end when, like, the kid, because he's obviously, you know, with um, the love interest now, the kids are calling him dad. And I was like, ooh, that's weird. You, you know what really made me cringe? It, it's, not the ve- it's not the very end, but it was close to the end. After, like, after um, uh, they don't burn the three uh, people, 
Hubie's like on the news and says that she lo- he loves um Julie Bowen's character. And then like they just start like making out on the screen and like Julie Bowen just goes so close and like the camera the shot is like right it's like it's like so close to her face and like please back away like I feel so uncomfortable right now it's it's really jarring and I didn't like it at all there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie like we already mentioned Shaq eating the sandwich which was very very disturbed I was more disturbed from that than anything in like midsummer or anything so oh god I also thought his reactions to like scares were like way too over the top oh yeah the haunted house scene yeah I thought it was funny though the one scene that didn't make me laugh was when like oh who is it that goes into the I think it's not Tim Meadows someone that goes in there and like they see Hubie and they just get pulled into the dark like really like kind of supernaturally from like one of the paranormal activity movies or something I thought that was pretty funny actually it's just like and then they just get pulled that was hilarious I thought I I don't I don't remember that actually was that in the haunted house part yeah I remember that in the cornfield yeah, they, they did that in the haunted house too. Whoever the third person was that they captured. Oh, Ray Liotta. Ray, Ray Liotta. Liotta. Yeah, they did it to Ray Liotta. He gets like there's like he's in like a corner or something, and like he just gets pulled down a dark hallway. I thought that was kind of funny. I also did like the part where um, Mikey Day from SNL like at Sanders freaking out over the haunted house, and he's just like, "Dude, you know this is fake, right?" And he's like pulling at the fake accent in his head. I like that. I might just like Mikey Day because I think he's funny on SNL, but that that was really funny. There were some good jokes in this movie. Not all of them. That TV what? screen joke was really gross. There were some good jokes. What, what were some What were some good jokes? I'm, I'm just I'm I'm actually curious because I, I didn't find anything in this movie funny except for the nun joke. Like, I thought yeah, the nun joke was really funny. I thought like just like the yanking people away was kind of funny. The grappling hook the first couple times was kind of funny, and I thought like. Kind of what Calvin said earlier when he was biking and like people were throwing things at him. I thought that was pretty funny. And for most of the time, it's pretty stupid. But when he's talking to Steve Buscemi and Steve Buscemi insists on him calling him Walter, it's like, okay, whatever. But then when he sees the husky and he's like, Mr. Whatever, and then the husky makes a noise, he's like, sorry, Walter. I was like, okay, you you delivered on that punchline. Well done. I think the biggest issue was like, some of the jokes they just kept repeating over and over again and not like one or two times like upwards of like seven plus times like some of the jokes and i was like okay you know the first two times they're like obviously all the jokes in this movie are immature i don't think there's one like you know smart joke but you just laugh at them because you're obviously as a viewer you're just an immature person you're like okay that's kind of funny but then like you know, I think the movie thinks you're dumber than you are. And like, jokes start becoming more stupid throughout, especially like the grappling hook or the, the, the soup container or whatever. It becomes like a grappling hook that like, you know, I'm not that stupid. Like it becomes like, you know, a bullhorn too, or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I think maybe at one point it became like a laser or something. I might be wrong, but I don't know. I, I think if we're on that topic of like really stupid jokes, the one that I really, really hated was when, um, uh, Hubie goes to the police station and he has like his inhaler and like he like he does like a big like with it and like blows the air out like seven times and it cuts like each time like while Kevin James he's like okay so it's like and it's like oh my god this is this is painful yeah. it's not it wasn't funny the first time why why would it be funny the next like seven times I think also the boner joke was kind of stupid like when they first introduced it i thought it was funny when his mom's wearing the boner donor shirt i was like okay that's fair enough you got me there but then he just they keep repeating it like it's the funniest joke in the world or if you missed it they're like oh in case you missed it the first time here we go again I don't know. I think it's pretty clear Adam Sandler just wanted to hang out with his friends and make a movie and get paid to do it, which if you could get paid to hang out with your friends and make a crappy movie, more power to you. But That's fine, but I feel like there should still be a bit of effort in it. Like there's still, you're still making a movie. And I know Adam, like, yeah, Adam, like I said earlier, Adam Sandler is a millionaire. He can do, he can make whatever he wants and that's perfectly fine. But at the same time, there should still be some effort put into the movies he makes. It shouldn't just be an excuse to hang out with your friends. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, 
I think it, I could give it a little bit of a pass because like they're all just kind of making a silly movie. But yeah, like, you know, if it was like the first or second time he's done this, then I'd be like, okay, you know, maybe it's time we start doing more movies like Punch Drunk Love or Uncut Gems again. But now this is like upwards of like, you know, 10 plus movies he's done in the past like 20 years or so that are just kind of like, okay, we get it now. Like you like this kind of lowbrow humor that's like, I wouldn't say slapstick, but like schlocky is like the word I'd use. There's some slapstick in there. And I think the slapstick is where it's the funniest just because it's well executed. Yeah, like that stuff works. But then you go for like the jokes where like, okay, like Shaq eating the sandwich or like making out on the TV or like the dog pooping where it's like, that's not like funny. That's just like, you know, people like love those kind of movies. You know, that's why people like those Eli Roth movies that are like, you know, Gornos where like they go so over the top, but this wasn't, this shouldn't have been one of those movies. Like it could have just had like that slapstick humor. That's like, oh, that's like, you know, funny. But like, then it has like these weird, like grotesque scenes where he's eating the sandwich weird. Or like the soup where it's like pouring the soup into the thing. And it just looks like the most disgusting soup ever. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was nasty yeah it's it's just it's just an immature movie i think that's the best way to describe it it's immature like everything about it's pg-13 this can appeal to like a five-year-old honestly if you just take out some of the profanity or anything and and actually looking back i think hocus pocus was a bit more mature than this which to me says a lot but it seemed like it's one of those movies when like i was 12 or 13 and i was having sleepover with a friend or friends or whatever during like the Halloween season it's the movie we would love we think it's the funniest thing but you know we've all seen upwards of like a thousand movies and it's like it's not funny to us anymore like we're older and more mature now but like the one scene where I was like I wouldn't say it was offensive but I was just like okay this isn't that funny like at all is the scene where like he's at the funeral but he's like throwing dirt because he's like yeah grave he's throwing dirt into the casket that's like you know next to the grave he's at and I'm like that's not funny like that's just not funny even though like i'm not like again i'm not saying like you know it's offensive and i'm not being like an old timer but like i was just like yeah that's not like a funny joke yeah he just he makes things he thinks are funny and sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's just uncomfortable and weird yeah uh final thoughts on hubie halloween I don't think again I don't think it's the worst movie in the world but like maybe the more I think about it now I'm just kind of like well it's not that as impressive as I think but yeah I thought it was a fine Halloween movie it was better than some of the Adam Sandler movies that have come out as of recent that fall into this category but kind of like what Matthew said like coming fresh off of Uncut Gems last year for like performance roles I don't know because I feel like you know Adam Sandler maybe has this idea now that he wants to go for an Oscar and like if he wants to this is not the movie he should like be doing because what does that say to the academy like is he like a sore loser because like he doesn't get nominated or doesn't win so he's gonna do go do something terrible i don't know that's my take on it yeah before before i talk about my final thoughts i I totally agree with that like if adam sandler really wants like he can make whatever movie he wants but if he really wants to like you said, go for an Oscar and like he didn't for Anka Chen, he, he needs to start stepping up his game. He can't just be making stupid crap like this anymore. He should do, he should actually go and do more dramatic roles or maybe even make a dramatic film. Like may, what if he writes like a really good drama or something or like a, a thriller, like not, not anything like this, like actually something that is clever or smart, then we could be seeing something new. But if he wants to be making stuff like this, okay, fine. But you're not, you're not getting any closer to your Oscar by doing that. And I think just giving my final thoughts on the movie, it's super annoying, super immature. I, I, I think if I was maybe seven and I watched this, I probably would have loved it or if I was really drunk, but uh, as a whole, didn't like it at all. I, it's, it's on the same level as Hocus Pocus for me. Has really nice Halloween atmosphere and spirit, nothing, nothing else that's redeemable. I'm also gonna give this a two out of 10. I'm just curious, which one would you watch over the other? Because you felt the same about the both. About both. Oh, God. That's tough. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch either one again, but... Huh. I don't know. I, I, I need to think about that. Maybe, I think maybe Hocus Pocus a little bit more, just because at least that's a bit more, like, fantastical. Like, it has that fantasy element in it and is... So since it has it's not it's grounded reality but at the same time it's sort of like ridiculous in a way 
so probably that but that's it's like barely above this is hocus pocus is like 0.1 percent better than hubie halloween i'd say uh i'll say it i think this is like a b minus movie i thought it was fine i think it's one of adam sandler's better recent movies um it was fine i got a couple of laughs out of it i'm not sure i'd rewatch it but like I like all the people from SNL in it. it. It was it was fine, and he was clearly having fun doing it. And even if like it doesn't get him closer to his Oscar, like he clearly is having a good time. And the next time he wants to go for an Oscar-worthy role, he'll go for it. So yeah, thought it was mediocre. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of Bijou Banter. Make sure to check out uh, Bijou social media for what we have going on Fridays if you want. It's always a good time. Yeah, I've been Calvin. I've been Orson. I've been Matthew. We will see you all next time. That was a loud noise. Bye.